Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast. Today, we're going to talk more Lord Dex as we review Episode 2 on Boys. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the tech story himself, Carrie Brown. How are you doing, man? Greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> I am well. Awesome sauce, man. Glad to have you on once again. Indeed. Glad to be here. And also on the podcast, we have this Stargate story himself, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I am doing wonderful. I am glad to be here. And I'm I'm looking forward to finding out what everybody thinks about tonight's topic of conversation. <laughs> we'll get to it. And also on the podcast, we have the Trek story himself, Jonathan Shorts. How are you doing, dude? Doing great, man. Doing great. Just had a nice little workout, so I'm energized. And I don't know for what. Not much here. But anyway, <laughs> uh, doing good, man. Doing good. Glad to be on. Cool. Cool. So, um, yeah, I'm doing well as well. And um, I told you guys I was going to tell you like a, a story. You know, I was getting all amped up for the podcast and, you know, put my coffee on my espresso on so I can get a coffee shot as I podcast. And, you know, you might better put the cup in the coffee maker <laughs> before you cut it on. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I just walked over there to, you know, coffee everywhere. And yeah. That type of day. <laughs> so anything going on in you guys' lives that is interesting that you might want to talk about? Um, the only thing I got is I'm just still in the process of moving. I mean, or well, not we've moved, but, you know, just getting set up and situated. But I'm honestly really excited to be a homeowner now and just having my own place and be able to do what I want to do with my own house. Yeah, man. It's a great feeling. So Give me into that. You have freedom to convert that spare room into, you know, uh, some living quarters, you know, uh, all star well, checked out. <laughs> I actually got my, my, I ordered a desk from Amazon last week and it came in today. So I put it together and I called Jonathan not long after I got there, put it together, owing him an apology because when he was putting together his wife's desk, I was kind of mocking him outwardly and inwardly. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then today, my, my, the desk I got today was far less complicated than the one he was putting together. Ikea Furniture, FTW. <laughs> I Let love Ikea. <laughs> Let me give you guys a cautionary tale. <laughs> my wife, love her to death. She is very particular on the things that she likes in her office, in her house. So she wanted this L-shaped desk, but she didn't want anything like Walmart, cheap wood type, which I can understand it. Yeah. So we shopped and shopped. So she fell in love with this desk from Wayfair. This desk, and this was a fairly expensive desk. It was like $600. Oh, God. So... I ordered the desk. I didn't read the reviews. You'll get why this is important later. I should have. But at the bottom, when you're checking out, it says uh, you can opt to have it assembled for you when it's delivered for the nice price of 100 bucks. I just spent $600 on a desk. I'm not going to pay somebody $100 to do something I can do on my own. Like, how hard could it be to put together a desk? So it gets here and there's two boxes. Each box weighs about 200 pounds. And, you know, I'm thinking they're, free, they're pretty big boxes. You know, I'm thinking, well, good. Most of it is already assembled. I want you guys to know there was a total of about 1,300 individual pieces to this desk. Nothing 
nothing, nothing on this desk was assembled yet. Not a thing. So I started separating the pieces in the dining room. I ran out of space. I had to go to the living room on the floor. I ran out of space. I had to go to the office and separate pieces. I ran out of space. So then I got to looking through the reviews and all of the reviews were, this is a great desk, but pay for the assembly. This is a great desk, pay for assembly. It took me 12 and a half hours to get this desk together. No, I bet you wish you would have paid the 50 bucks to get it assembled, huh? Exactly. <laughs> when I walked into when I walked into his house to see like this desk strewn about, I thought something like exploded. <laughs> so you guys need to do like me and just buy a big countertop from IKEA <laughs> and get some trestle legs for it. And I have a nine I have a ninety-four inch desk. Oh man. Yeah, dude. Easy that's peasy. tragic. That's tragic, man. Well, we'll we'll move right along with the with the podcast. Uh, you know, I hope that's not the most interesting thing we talk about. It won't be, right? Guess what, guys? It's warp time. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna be painful. Speaking of painful, <laughs> <laughs> Lower Decks episode two Envoys, which aired August the thirteenth, twenty twenty. After a high-profile mission goes awry, Bomer is further plagued with self-doubt when the Mariner proves herself to be a more naturally talented sci-fi bad A than ever could be. Meanwhile, Rutherford quits his job in engineering and explores other departments on the Cerritos. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. So let's go around a horn and get everybody's high level view of this episode. And uh, let's just go in the same order. Let's start with you, Carrie. What did you think? Well, let me see if I can put this the right way. Like Panic at the Disco, I had very high hopes for this series, and now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> very to the point. Jeremy, what do you think, dude? So let me ask this question, and that will give you the idea of my view on this. Is it possible for characters to be even more one-dimensional than when they started? Because there is just there's no growth, nothing. There's just no growth. It's just one-dimensional all the way through. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it is possible because I think we saw it in a lot of ways. And I'll get into it when I get to my time. But I, I, I really feel like they should have started the pivot now. Uh, and they didn't at all. They just went further in that direction. John, what do you think, man? No. Again, two weeks in a row, just no. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted my high level high level view, and the best I can give you is no. I will say this though: this episode should have been the first episode. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, and that goes back with everything you just said, Jeremy. It it seems like in a way they show Mariner being more of a delinquent and I'm ready for her. I got enough of that in the first episode. So I was ready for them to at least begin to pivot that a little bit, which I guess we can argue. Maybe they did that at the very end. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so first we get this cold open uh, with this space entity boarding the Cerritos prior to Mariner's reaction with Tindy interacting with the entity. I thought 
this might be a setup for an intriguing episode. I really did. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to do it. So I just want to hear you guys. Like, what are your thoughts on this entire scene that played out at the very beginning with these trans-dimensional entity creatures? It's a much better cold open than the last episode. I'll give them that. It probably would have been a more interesting episode had they continued with that. Oh, 100%. John, your answer can't be no again. (laughs) (laughs) So I I agree. I agree. It. You know, if they would have kept that line going, it probably would have been a lot more interesting. And it kind of let me down. Like, it was potential and then wasted potential. You know, how many times have we seen this in Trick where you have this sphere of energy come through the ship and, you know, kind of causes all kind of mayhem? So that's I'm kind of glad they didn't go in that direction per se, but it was still a wasted moment. Yeah, I I feel like they 100% just teased me because once they showed that, I wanted to see this crew's take on that. I feel like it could be very different. Although, like you said, it's been done plenty of times. But, you know, uh, I think of the Enterprise episode where um, the entity went inside a trip and they were trying to take over the ship. That was a very good episode. There's an episode called Power Play where there's in, in, in TNG where there's these entities that are trapped on this planet it's like a prison planet and and they try to take over the enterprise and it, it was very similar the look and you know of course it's, it's happened time and time again in trek but they really threw up something i i thought they were gonna hit off the park but ultimately they just maybe totally abandoned it and the reason i said maybe is because uh we see a tilly like scene where the entity goes inside of the captain so it might be a callback later. I mean, they may call, call back to this later in the series. Ultimately, the way things have been going, I don't know if they're that smart to do something like that. <laughs> it seems like every opportunity they've had so far, uh, they kind of have just it went by the wayside. You know, this first two episodes reminds me of the reason I originally did not like Jay-Z. And hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> what? And I love Jay-Z, but I didn't like him at first because I felt like all he did was name drop. And, you know, I, I didn't like that at first, but I got used to him. I feel like this show is the same way when it comes to trick references. To me, it's just muddying the water because it's and I don't know where to separate that line. Is this reference they're giving me a actual trick reference to something? And if it is, I'm excited about that because because I, I can always go back and research that. Is it that or are there are they creating new lore in a name droppy kind of way? I got that feeling in this episode, too. And I feel like that's one of the main things that I see that's going to be wrong with this series because they did it in the first episode, too. Instead of talking about Kirk, like like, I don't know, like I feel like this series should be more parody Star Trek. To me, this series would be like 100 percent better. If they took episodes from the Star Trek series and they have a gazillion of them to pick from and they made parody versions of those episodes, I feel like it would be more interesting than it is now. But you can't just spout off a few lines from Wrath of Khan and be like, oh, Star Trek reference. Oh, like you can you can do that in anything. (laughs) You can do that in freaking like Dragon Ball Z or something like it. You can do that without having nothing to do with star trek like it doesn't link it with star trek in any way if you say captain kirk yeah shoot master p had a song named captain <laughs> kirk it doesn't mean anything like you should 
show. I lived in Missouri for three years. You got to show me something. Don't just talk. Show show something. Hear, hear me out for a second. If they would have like, if they parodied that Rat the Con scene where they got trapped or something on a yeah. planet, and you know, yeah, like family. You talking about like Family Guy style? Like show it real quick and you know, not fight. necessarily even like that. But just hear me, hear me out. So like, if they got trapped on an island or trapped on a planet, right? And then she wants to go maroon for all eternity, buried alive. Like that would be funny to me, but just being half asleep and and just spitting it out, like it doesn't do anything for anybody. I feel like, yeah, yeah. And and, and we we can move on. But another part of that, I think the other side of that is is when you think it's a reference, and this happened many times in this episode. Then the instant from the Enterprise, they mention her, and then mm-hmm. I go look it up, and the entry in Memory Alpha is this episode. I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it, man. Fake references, fake news. <sighs> oh, that happened like two or three times of the things I looked up that happened. Janeway protocol. Well, that's a little. We'll get into that. That that I, that makes a little <laughs> sense. That makes a little it sense. Go, it but, just goes back to what I said the first episode. There's no substance. Like, and I understand it's an animated series, and it really shouldn't be a drama or anything. But there has to be. There does it, not it, it have has to, to be substance. substance. I disagree with you there. Like, if it's going to be a comedy show, it needs to be funny. This episode was not funny. It was not funny at all. Like, I never even grinned. Okay, I gave a half grin when the dude <laughs> at the end was laughing at laughing at um the main character, yeah. and he like impersonated a Ferengi. Like that. Like I I cracked a smile at that. But like other than that, like nothing else in this entire episode was funny to me. And it's like if you're going if you're gonna like go off the rails and only name drop Star Trek characters, you better be dang sure that your show is funny. Like, yeah, I feel like it's failing on all fronts right now. And that's my main problem. Yeah. Like, like even with the captain, given the it's warp time reference, (laughs) you know, that was kind of funny, but I think they could have come up with something a little bit better. Probably. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the few times I actually giggled a little bit in the episode. (sighs) Let's move on. Let's talk about general Corinne. I guess this was again a Star Trek reference that is real, but it like you said, Carrie, it wasn't funny. All Klingon names sound the same. I think they tried to use that to be something funny, but it just fell again, fell flat, you know, with most things in this episode. What do you think about Korean in this episode? What what little we saw of him in his drunken state? Takuvama's rolling in his grave, man. <laughs> <laughs> See what legacy you left to Kuma. See what you did. <laughs> this was that was horrible. Like that, like uh, uh. like I, I, I'm not even a tricky, and even I know that was wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even funny. It was just, it was just stupid. Like just, if you're if if you're gonna like like embarrass an entire race like that. Like, you better, like, again, you know, I have this rule, like, if you tell a racist joke, it better be funny. Like, (laughs) if I laugh, if I laugh, I I don't have any right to be offended. Like, that's just my ideology on the subject. So, like, if you're going to do something like that crazy, make sure it's funny. Don't just do, like, freaking college humor crap with it. Like, ugh. Yeah. It almost would have been better had we just not seen him the whole, like, the whole episode was them looking for him and we just never see him. I feel like that just would have been better. Mm, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It kind of disappointed me because, you know, going into this, you're kind of reading uh, 
comments and and reviews of the up and coming episode, and there's a lot of build up about this being a clean on episode, and <laughs> that's all we got. Like, <laughs> you know, I was expecting. I said, okay, this is going to be an opportunity to have a good backstory built into it. We're going to get to experience the clean-ons in another series, which has been a sort of hot topic in the past couple of series, and that's all you got. Like, it would have been better if... I mean, didn't they land on Kronos, and how many clean-ons did we see? This was not a Klingon episode. Like, it was a My Best Friend is a Klingon episode. Yeah, th- this wasn't Kronos. This was some other planet. I thought they said they were landed on Kronos. They called it Little Kronos. No. It was some other planet. Yeah, it was like the little thing on area, like little Italy, Italy or little or Chinatown or something. It was just mm-hmm. like Yeah, it was just a bunch like of Like delete with a clean on and then nothing else is clean on. No, it was, it was, it was a clean on at the market. It was a clean on at the market. Yeah, that's right. That's okay, right. so one other Klingon in the Klingon area. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right, all right. We, we're gonna get we're gonna get back to that. But let's let's jump to the Rutherford storyline real quick, because I thought this was maybe more interesting than the whole Mariner Balmer thing. So we see yes. we see where Rutherford, he, he wants to impress this girl, basically, and he doesn't have the time to spend with her to spend with Incentendi. So he proposes getting a new job. Can it be that easy to switch jobs in Starfleet? Aren't you like just assigned to something and that's what you have to deal with? I mean, I mean, I, I guess you can switch, but you you would think with it being, you know, they say it's not Starfleet's not military, but, you know, with it being a military based organization that there would at least be some paperwork mm-hmm. and, you know, higher up approval involved, not just, well, OK, we wish you well. Well, you're going to do great in whatever you do. Yeah, it, 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 it always has been a process. I, I, there's been a couple of times I think where <laughs> someone's kind of switched roles. And there's been a process like you have to get approval from the captain and or your commanding officer in both locations. And you have to go through like a qualifying, I don't know what you call it, test or yeah. exhibition of skills or whatever the case may be, which he kind of did. He was interviewing. But, yeah. you, you know, understanding, understanding this should this is a comedy and animated series. I wasn't really expecting that much of like that much substance in this particular part. But again, just like the first episode, it was very rushed. Again, it was a place where they could have made something of it, and they didn't. They just kind of rushed through it. I feel like you guys are missing the whole point. (laughs) And this is why I I think that. Okay, so we've already established that this this, um, series does not play by traditional comedy rules. It doesn't play by Star Trek rules. And guess what? It doesn't even play by its own rules. This this is totally out of character for this guy. Like he does he cares more about his job and he cares more about technology than he does any girl. Yeah, so he would, not, he would not do this. This is not something this is totally out of character for him. And if you think about it, even when he's with this girl, he's paying more attention to like other stuff. So like it, it made no sense. Like even at the end of the episode when they're watching the supernova or whatever it was, I don't even remember what it was. He's not even looking at it. He's like working on some kind of thing in in the tube. Like he didn't even care. Yeah. He's gonna change jobs for her. Huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. My thing is like at least play by your own freaking rules. Like you you did this for comedic effect, and it didn't even really at least with me because I was thinking the whole time, why is this dude doing this? He cares more about the freaking tubes than he does a woman. <laughs> the last well, girl he was dating, he didn't even like they established. Yeah. 
an episode ago that I'm sure well, like he wants to be in a relationship, but he cares more about his work and his job than anything, you know, and that's kind of what they bonded over. So it just made no sense in the very next episode for him to like just throw his job away for some girl that he just now, met. And I do have a problem with that, Carrie, now that you pointed out, because on the last episode, like they bonded because she was OK with him yes. being that way. And then all of a sudden, she's okay with him throwing it all away because she wants to watch something on her iPad or whatever the case may be. As our relationships to go on a date. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like, even though maybe this journey was misinformed or maybe not the right thing for him, I do feel like it had some of the most funniest moments of the episode. And we get these different scenes uh, where he's trying out for these different offices. So he starts with command. <laughs> And Jeremy, you mentioned it up top. You mentioned the Janeway protocol. This to me was probably one of the, I appreciated this scene. It wasn't necessarily funny or good, but I appreciated the Janeway protocol just because of my love for Voyager. What is the Janeway protocol? Can somebody explain it to me, please? I had to research this and I'm a big Voyager fan. When they first start this Kobayashi Maru-esque scene where he's on the holodeck, the first Mm -hmm. thing they see is an anomaly, right? And I think the whole joke was that when it comes to time and anomalies, Janeway always she's like she gets stopped by the time police all the time or the time cops or whatever you call them in Star Trek. She she is she is the worst person when it comes to time out of all of Star Trek, probably. So I think that that was the joke. And if you just didn't watch Voyager or Die Hard Voyager, you probably wouldn't even come close to getting it. And I had to research it. And I love Voyager. So well, and here's the thing: it's not even, it's still not even a. There's never a mention of a Janeway protocol. Like people are even diehard Voyager fans are kind of creating their own Janeway protocols now because there was not even a mention of it. Like someone's even said maybe the Janeway protocol is just her, uh, her calls to just go directly at something like maybe Ramen or something. True, you know, but. There's no mention in Memory Alpha. There's no mention there is in Memory now. Beta. It's fake, <laughs> fake, yeah. stupid fake canon now that's in Memory Alpha now. I mean, I, that's that that's oh, that really frustrates me. <laughs> I mean, I, and I agree. I think they should have, you know, they they shouldn't establish uh, lore when there's nothing to establish without doing it themselves. But you know, the are the few articles I've read on this, and, and this is the one I tend to agree with. Is the one where you just have to. Now, I'm looking for the direct quote. I can't find it now. But there's a quote that she made in an episode where she talked about being a Starfleet captain. And sometimes you just have to punch through it. Yep. Yep. And to me, that, you know, in in my headcanon, that is the Janeway protocol. You just Uh, punch right through it. And and again, I think they were trying to loosely tie that tie that into when the commander guy, forget his name, mentioned the the steamy hot pulsing joystick. And that was a reference to Riker. That was a reference to Riker in the movie um, First Contact, I think. No, Insurrection. When he's in oh, the anomaly. Oh, when he got all, got all horn doggy because yeah. of the... Well, well, when they're in the anomaly and he does the, the, the scoop thing and he has a oh. joystick, the joystick <laughs> pops out. <laughs> you're talking about something totally different, Gary. I thought you were talking about when he's trying to bed. What's her name? No. When they were on the planet. No, there's there's a scene where they're in the anomaly and he pulls out the something scoop. I forget the first it's something called a scoop. And he's in the anomaly and he and a joystick pops out of the console. And I think they mentioned Riker Maneuver in that scene. So I don't, uh, 
This I mean, is it was name dropping. It's really all it was. It was it's just They're Gen Z. Way too much about a show that is built on cheap comedic gags. We're thinking way too much about it. But it's not well, like you said. It's should not we funny. not? That's what they built it up to be. But and this is what we do. <laughs> I mean, if they didn't want us to think that much into it, then they should have said, "Hey, this is a Nickelodeon show for kids." They did this just for you guys, just so you would have something to talk about. It reminds me of the uh, <laughs> ad placement in Smallville. <laughs> you mean that that episode where, like, the beginning where Tom Willis like driving a truck for like the first minute, and I thought it was a truck commercial, and then he right. gets out. Of it. Oh you man! You guys remember the episode? I got. Yes. I, I never watched the show, so but I understand what you're saying. I'd probably think the same thing. That's when Smallville was ruined for me. And I think, Harry, you ruined it because I was watching it, too. And you're like, you pointed that out. And I was like, really? I didn't even notice that until then. <laughs> and then from then on out, I couldn't help but notice all of it. Oh, there's a whole, there's a whole episode about stride gum where Kryptonite gets into stride oh, gum and people go crazy. Yeah. So, again, like, I just want them, if they're going to do it, I would rather them stick to real references and still just give us a, a decent story. I mean, that's that's all I really ask for. I don't think that's that hard, you know, but I don't think so, I'm not a writer. So we get a few more references. We get the medical where he gets admonished for his bad bedside manner, where he's spurting out Spock like calculations of how much percentage of life this guy has, which is, you know, probably not a good thing. And then we get the engineering, which I really like the engineering scene. Well, this actually was the first scene. I missed it. We see the warp core, which I thought was cool. Not like anything I've seen before, but the I like that the engineering kind of looked like Voyager. It really looked like Voyager to me. And uh, we had the comeback scene uh, and he gets he gets um, he gets nominated for security. Uh, the guy wants him to be on the security part of part of the uh, the 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 what smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> the bear pack or something yeah well yeah the bear pack yeah smorgasbord was the name of the program and i think bear pack was the name of his group and then he just sees a wink of the jeffrey's tube and he can't resist going back to engineering so <sighs> i don't know say that the, the dude who's in charge of security his intensity just really gets on my nerves <laughs> <laughs> like i look at that guy and i'm just like just shut up just shut up and do your job again i don't get the moral of rutherford's story in this i guess follow your heart don't change for a woman. I don't know. <sighs> there was no moral. It was, there was just. <laughs> there is no, no moral spoon. The show is just. It's just a bunch of crap all together. They were counting on people to sign up for CBS All Access and pay for it to watch this. Mm. Imagine being disappointed for that. If you signed up just for this, you deserve what you get. <laughs> right. I have no sympathy for you if that's what you if you signed up for this. Are you not entertained? <laughs> it's going to get better, man. I'm gonna hold out. I'm, I'm I mean, it can only go up from here. So we like, said that last episode. I, I, hope, I hope you're right, but I feel like we haven't cratered yet. But we I mean, haven't cratered. My, my thing yeah, is this though. The thing is, like, this episode really. I don't know. I don't want to say objectively, but I don't feel like technically it was bad, but it didn't really build off of the first episode at all. Yeah. It's like they could, it's like they, two different teams made both of these episodes to compete to be the first episode. And then they were like, Oh, you, you, you use the battle for whatever it's called to like chop his part of his leg off. You win. 
you yeah. you get to be the first episode. Like they, yeah, you're they, right. <sighs> you're right. This 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 seems like it should have been the first episode by far. Um, I 100 percent agree with you there. I do appreciate that there was less like stupid humor, and there was still dumb humor in this. But what I'm saying is there was like no like just freaking gaggy stuff. Like uh, you know, well, well okay, let me okay. Take, but, let me take it back. I I mean like slapstick, like cutting people's chunks of their legs off and like there was not a whole lot of that it seemed like it was more just like cheesy stuff yeah well i think there were a few things they that they tried that kind of feel flat it just weren't that funny to me because when we first see curran and mariner you know they're old friends um for some <laughs> reason this actually reminded me a lot of jaxia did she grow did, did mariner she obviously probably grew up on a starship that's how she knows all these folks so i found that interesting but by the same token, she sort of like Jack Zia, she has the experience of somebody that's 100 years old, you know? So yeah. I, and I think it was mentioned maybe in the last episode or either I read something that said she was she was actually part of an, another ship or maybe a first contact ship. But because she kept getting in trouble, I think that was a conversation the captain and her husband or ex-husband or whatever we're having that she had been, daddy. yeah, she had been like demoted or put some put on this ship for punishment. Her dad is like an admiral or something, I would right. assume, and her mom right. is a captain. She probably grew up on a ship her whole life, so that now that does, that does bring me to the one thing that I somewhat liked in this episode was kind of that showing of her experience, like in while they were on this whatever planet or whatever they were they were in, like. The, I, I think that was some good show part. Like I, I kind of enjoyed watching that part, just watching how she solved those problems, not based off of studying and Starfleet training, but off of experience. So that 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 was good to me. That that kind of gave me a that kind of made me like her a little more. But again, we go back to she didn't grow any either. That's like all of a minute and a half of the whole episode when she's in the right. bar and taking charge. Like, oh, this is awesome. I want to see more of this. And, you know, and, and she even shows a bit of heart by letting Bulmer win that last little encounter by hiring the Ferengi guy to, to, uh, you know, kind of just make him feel good. That didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, box. Come <laughs> to my ship. Yeah. Listen, how dumb is he to believe that she did not know that this was a Ferengi? Like, uh, yeah. Mm. I think that just shows how lame he is that he actually fell for that. But that's just, yeah. Let's talk about a few Easter eggs on the planet. There we have the little little Klingon. We have the Raza scene, and then the Adorian Bar, which I agree that was the best scene, and the little Changeling Thief. You know, I, I feel like the the bar scene was the best scene of there of those two in the whole in the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think maybe the moral of their story, and they even mentioned this, is that maybe street knowledge is better than Harry Kim knowledge, or book knowledge, or I, I think it's pretty obvious from where they went that that's what they were trying to yeah convey. Which I kind of like that. Like it kind of shows. Uh, I guess another reason why I like DS Nine so much because it's kind of a break from the like Starfleet excellence. You know what I mean? Sometimes you, as Doctor Bashir says, fringe fringe exploration. Like you, sometimes you have to rely on other things other than Starfleet training. And, and that I did appreciate that. I did, but again, <laughs> they wasted it. 
Yeah. So guys, let's let's wrap things up by I want to talk a little bit more about about Beckett um, as we wrap things up. So I want to throw this question out: Is she, how is she a worse character than anybody on Orville by far? And I and I think of the antics that are done on Orville, you know, and she she's just worse by far. And it, <sighs> dude, it's parts where it just irked me, and I know I shouldn't be irked. Like when they're on the shuttle and they have the beer going everywhere, and and she they throw the uh, the um, Maclith into the uh, the console. It's just things like that. I'm like, she is really the worst officer ever in Starfleet. Well, maybe not the worst. She's close to the worst. I mean, it's just I I I, I just don't. It can't. I don't compute. It, <laughs> I just can't. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it gets better. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, we were in the first two episodes of Picard. I want a win for Beckett Mariner. I'm looking for a win. Just a little you sense. Had a win, a little, sort of. I mean, yeah, you didn't have growth, but you had a win. Yeah. I feel like what would make this show a hundred times better with them not changing anything about the show. It would make it a hundred times better if they. They let their guard down some and had like an actual Star Trek character like on the crew. Yes. Being stupid with everybody else. I feel like I would yes. appreciate that more than what I'm seeing right now. A hundred percent. That's that's one of the things I was going to mention. Why not bring in uh, Kate McGrew to do a voice for an episode? They The possibilities are endless with this. They could bring in so many characters just for cameos instead of just saying a character's name. Uh, have Kate McGrew or, or uh, Michael Dorn or somebody come in to do a voice for one episode. They do this on Family Guy. They do this on other shows. Why can't <laughs> we do it here? It's prime you know, for that. When you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, Worf would have been a great Klingon for this episode. Yes. They were going to do a Klingon it and have been, him just, oh, it would have been hilarious. Dude, be if that would have been Worf throwing up all over the place, I, <laughs> I would have been laughing the entire episode. But <sighs> it's just a it's bunch just, of people I don't know. Yeah, it's just something missing in their storytelling that uh, it's kind of hard to put my finger on, man. But they they got to step it up. They got to step it up. And and like another thing I wish that they could have done and they can't really do this because of where they set the time frame. I wish they would have dialed it back to during the 90s. Well, during our 90s, during the, the TNG and the DS9 time, because as a second contact envoy, it would have been awesome to see them come up. Ab- come back around in the same episodes where we saw Picard as they left saw them coming in and and doing something zany or you know finishing the 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 contact process I think that would have been more interesting than than where we at now where we are in, in time right now uh, they could yeah. they could even made it the lower decks on a known ship like the lower decks on an enterprise yeah it like even that would have been like there's so many little things they could have done to make this show better the fact that this show is, exists at all is amazing, but I, I feel like that they, you know, like, could you imagine, like you said, going back to like the nineties and this being the lower decks on the Enterprise with these people acting a fool, yeah. you know, yeah, like everybody above, like, be serious like they are on the show, and then just have these goofballs down on the lower decks just wrecking crap, like, yeah, oh my god, that would be that even that concept I feel like would be better, you know. There's a Borg attack going on and these goofballs are down there like <laughs> farting on each other. Like, you know, like this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But we're going to hold out hope, guys. 
We're, going on, we're only two episodes in. We're holding out hope. I mean, they freaking brought Captain Pike to the Enterprise show. They, <laughs> they could. What time? What time period is this in? Th- this is exactly. after Nemesis. Oh, so they kind of shoehorn themselves into not being. Yeah. Well, never mind. That's not gonna. I mean, happen. they can they they still have other characters make cameos, but they can't be in those same episodes. You know, I think that episodic tie-in would have been cool, but yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's go around the horn and get everybody's rating on this episode and i will begin this because man i I hate to be a downer man but this two two out of five man i just i enjoyed it more the second time i watched it but the first time i was disgusted (laughs) so carrie what do you rate this well i gave the first episode a three and you know even though i'm disappointed with this episode i don't technically think it was worse than the first episode so i'm just gonna stick with three like i i I feel like the show could be better i feel like it could be worse you know i don't think this was an this episode was a whole point better than like i said i feel like we just watched two pilots so um sticking with three what about you john um, I think I'm, I kind of agree with Carrie. It's pretty much the same as the first. I'm going with the 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Star Trek. So there's a one. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I did like the, the Mariner story at the bar and all that. So that gives you a nice little 0.5, but I mean, I can't, I, that's about all I can give you. What about you, Jeremy? I'm going to give it a two. Because I'm like you on the second viewing. I I don't want to say I enjoyed it more, but I was less. I hated it less the second time around. Um, oh boy, Rutherford is is if I so far if I had to pick a favorite character, he's becoming my favorite character because I don't know his enthusiasm is just. Oh, yeah. It's adorable. Almost. Yeah, it is. It's almost it is. Adorable. I, I like him a lot. I think right now I have to say that uh, Tendi is my favorite. I want to get more of her because uh, he's kind of been in the background. I want to see more of her as uh, a main story. And that's the thing, too. I wish they would because it seems now they're focusing mostly on uh, uh, Mariner and Bulmer. I wish they would give each well, Mariner, Bulmer and the third leg is always uh, Rutherford for seem like the other third of the episode. I want. I want more uh, Tendi because I think she's awesome. Well, give me more Tendi and more Doctor. I- I'll be very happy about that. But guys, uh, that is a wrap. We've reviewed another episode of The Lord X. Let's go around the horn and get everybody's or see what everybody has been working on podcast related or otherwise. And let's just go in reverse order. Let's start with you, Jeremy. Um, I just finished The Umbrella Academy. Very good season, by the way. Really enjoyed much better than the, it was. I enjoyed the first season, but the second season was so much better. And then I went straight into The Legend of Korra because that's on Netflix now. Yeah, and it's on yes. CBS All Access. I love Legend of Korra. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't able to watch it the first time around because you know real life got in the way. So now I can actually sit back and enjoy it and and see what goes on. It's just I like the fact that it's kind of what what Lord Day should be. It's the same but different <laughs> at the same time. Oh my God! Please don't compare those two shows. <laughs> no, no I mean, it's not like an actual comparison, but this is kind of what what this is the kind of thing that that Lord X should strive to be. Make it your own, but stay within the existing canon. Or better yet, it might should it might be what the sequel trilogy should have been. Oh man, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> that's, that's that's like a week worth episode. Like that's a a week 
that's five episodes right there. I could go on about this sequel trilogy. Oh, we won't get into it, but I enjoyed it. John, what do you think, man? What, what have you been working on podcast later otherwise, dude? Oh, man. um, Not much of anything. I've started DS9 again, so that's pretty much what I've been watching. Uh, still kind of dipping in Expanse, which is slowly becoming one of my favorite shows to watch, so everybody should check it out. And also the uh, season finale of Yellowstone is next week. And that has been an amazing show. If anyone has ever looked at it, uh, you would know. But you should definitely check it out. Yellowstone is awesome on Paramount Network. Cool. I've never heard of it. So I'll check that out. It's a Kevin Costner thing based on like this 30,000 acre ranch in Montana and a lot of cowboy and countryside. And it's good. It's very good. Carrie podcast related otherwise dude um <clears throat> tape edition coming soon sometime near, <laughs> near future um other than that uh um uh i guess my only other plug would be if you have a playstation 4 and you haven't played ghost of tsushima it is amazing one of the best games i've played for the ps4 and that's saying something because there are a lot of great games for it better than persona no, it's not been in persona, but it's a um <laughs> it's an open world samurai game and it is great. It's great. The 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 fight like everything about it, the controls of fighting. Um you can ride a horse, you can shoot bow and arrow, you can like face off with people. Um and it's it's just great. Story's great. Um and there's like you can do Japanese language with English English subs. And this was not made by Japan. It was made from it was made by um ah, Sucker Punch. They're pretty much a PlayStation staple, but it is very good. If you have a PlayStation, check it out. Awesome. And I'm going to plug a few things. First, I'm going to say that I've been watching. I've been watching some TOS and I've been watching some TNG. So TOS, I watched the episode The Devil in the Dark, I think is the name of the episode. And it's all about a silicon, a silicon entity <laughs> that is causing problems on a mining outpost. I thought it was a pretty good episode. And as well as the um, TNG episode Power Play, where these prisoners, prisoner entity were marooned on this planet and they try to take over the Enterprise. So that was a pretty good episode as well. Yeah. So I also want to plug a podcast called After the Snap, where uh, Tasha Pierce, friend of the show, Tasha Pierce, actually talks about a bracket that John and I sent into her about the best captain in Starfleet. And if you want to check her out, she's on all of the podcasting platforms after the snap. It is a single person podcast and it's, there, it's really funny and really insightful. And she doesn't hold back. She doesn't hold back. <laughs> but but yeah, I just love her podcast. It's a lot of fun. So definitely check out after the snap on all of the podcasting platforms out there. And that's going to be it, guys. Also, hit us up on any of the social medias once again at Discussing Trek or fans at DiscussingTrek.com by email. Yeah, so that's it, guys. Until the next episode, <laughs> live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe.
Are things just not the same for you after Tony Stark's endgame snap? Are you desperately looking forward to the Snyder Cut to regain your love for the Justice League? Disappointed by the return of Skywalker? And how angry are you about Star Trek killing Picard only to reanimate him in a golem? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need help. And I'm here to give it to you. I'm Tasha Pierce, host of After the Snap podcast. Every Sunday, join me as I present reasons for you to fall in love again with sci-fi. After the Snap, virtual group therapy for all of sci-fi's depressing moments. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are served. Discussing that word.